Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the outstanding Jean Ribas. He is the co-founder at the Future Labs Healthcare and life sciences investor at Novo Seeds. He's a Harvard-trained bioengineer working at the intersection of science and business. He's passionate about empowering entrepreneurs and startups to succeed. Today, he's phoning in from his new destination in Copenhagen, Denmark, which uh, you know we had a great discussion about some of the happiest people in the world, maybe the wise there, healthcare being part of it. He's an innovator. He's done venture creation. He's, he's got investment experience. And so I'm really, really excited to have him here on the podcast. So, Joan, welcome. Why don't you fill up that gap, any of the intro that I may have missed out? Welcome. Thank you, Saul. It's, it's great to, to be here and talking to you on the Outcomes Rocket podcast. And I think your introduction was pretty amazing. I didn't even know I, I did all these things. <laughs> You're a humble man. You're a humble man. I appreciate that about you. What got you into the medical sector to begin with? Yeah, so when I was growing up, I always showed uh, curiosity about how things work, uh, especially how biology and, and disease do. And for me, working and solving healthcare problems sort of ticks that curiosity box. So that, that was one of the factors. And then at the same time, working in healthcare means that I can impact positively the lives of millions of patients which is something I strive for. So I think those two is what sort of drove me into working in this medical sector. That's amazing. So now with the work that you're doing in this investment firm and with your own gig, I think you have a pretty good reach. As you've looked at different companies, Sean, and you've done projects of your own, like the XPRIZE, et cetera, what do you think a hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today is? And how are you and your organization approaching it? Yeah, well, there's a lot of very hot areas that one could look into. But I think, in essence, uh, what we're trying to do here, we are, we're sort of creators of opportunity. So we're looking for and we fund compelling and very strong science-based startups, which will then lead to development of new therapies for some of the most pressing clinical needs that we have out there. But of course, in order to do this well, we need to start early in the lifetime of the companies. And then the ideas we need to back need to be transformative. So I think this is what should be on everyone's agenda is to find these transformative companies in a lot of different fields because there's different medical needs in a lot of different areas and fund these transformative companies and not just companies that are adding on to previous technology or just smaller uh, improvements over what we have out there. So how do you, how do you define transformative? So we think about ideas and companies that really disrupt the way we're looking at a treatment of a certain disease or therapies for certain disease and mm -hmm. kind of bring an angle that no one was really thinking of before. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. you can think about the CAR-T, the cell therapy, as something yes. that was very different from what people were doing. Right? So we're looking for these sort of opportunities where you see that, that there's a different approach to things. Got it. Got it. It makes a lot of sense. And so as you've embarked on, on this journey to, to work with and fund transformative companies, can you give the listeners an example of maybe one of those companies and their solution and what they're doing differently to improve outcomes? 
That's an excellent question. And it's kind of hard right now to give you a specific example because we often don't talk about some of the companies that we invest in uh, because it's such early stage and some of them might be sort of under the, the radar. But there's plenty of companies out there that are interesting. I can give you another example of a company that, that I know closely from the time that I was working in, um, in the US that was sort of a very simple idea, but sort of disrupted a little bit the way people were doing things. And this was while sure. I was working there in Boston. So this company looked into the problem of compliance, of adherence to medication, which in the US is, is a really big issue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were developing a lot of different solutions, you know, these little apps that remind you to take your pills or little boxes where you put your pills. And, and all of these were sort of not working as well as you would expect. So these guys came with a super simple idea to package these pills for every day in a, a single small little package. So you have a package for Monday morning, a package for Monday evening, for Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening. And it's such a simple idea. But it's, it, it kind of transformed the way people were thinking about getting medication, at least in the US. And uh, this company's name was PillPack, and it was, I think, probably a month or two ago, was acquired by Amazon for like a oh, billion. Oh, really? Yeah, for a billion dollars. So it's a, it's a very interesting story. If, you, if you're interested, you should, should look it up Pillpack. from where they started and where they are right now and their approach of looking at a problem and understanding the, the clinical need first and looking at things in, in different ways. Yeah, you know, and and transformative doesn't necessarily have to mean complicated. Exactly. And a lot of people think that transformative always means complicated, but it's very easy to complicate, but it's very hard to simplify. And some ideas are simple, but transformative. Gosh, that's so great. What a great example. And, And I love that you brought it back to today. Jean, with this example of PillPack getting acquired by Amazon, it doesn't have to be that hard, folks. It's just finding the right way to add value. And so they obviously delivered value. They've been acquired. Great example there. Tell us about a story where maybe, you know, a company that you were working with, Sean, that didn't work and why that failed, a mistake. We learn more mm-hmm. from those, I feel like. <laughs> Definitely. We, we spend a lot of time talking about successes and very little time talking about the failures. But going back to my time in Boston, while I was doing my PhD there, I got introduced to healthcare hackathons, which are oh, sort yeah. of became very popular, right? Mm-hmm. And I worked maybe two or three projects in these uh, hackathons and, and they didn't work. They really failed miserably. And I think this was very good. I was able to really learn and understand how a strong and validated clinical need is key to further uh, startup idea in healthcare. And, and I was really not aware of this. I just wanted to work on maybe a, a special technology that I was interested in and not really focusing on, on the clinical need. And interesting enough, after failing a bunch of times trying to do these healthcare hackathons yeah. uh, with different ideas, I ended up joining MIT Hacker Medicine, which is a MIT group that teaches innovation methodologies around the world. And uh, I was able to travel all the way to Ecuador or Austria, and I organized events there to stimulate the creation of new healthcare startups with a strong focus on, on finding validated medical needs. So in this way, and looking back, I'm very happy that I failed early on and learned yeah. from, from very supportive mentors. So that's so cool, uh, uh, Jean. So the common theme with these three companies that didn't work out was that there wasn't a clearly validated clinical need. 
And then you spun around and at MIT did clinical need-based innovation hackathons. Exactly. Love that. So I, I've quickly understood that the way I was approaching problems was, was not the best. I was trying to work with a certain technology and find what can I use this technology for? And instead of starting with a clinical problem and then trusting that I would be able to find a solution in a team to that problem. And that sort of changed the way I, I was thinking about problem and technology trying to solve a problem and uh, looking at the problem first before thinking about the technology. That's very cool. And while it seems pretty easy, it's also difficult to stay focused on that because we, we tend to fall in love with technology. We tend to fall in love with the gadgets. So what advice would you give to people looking to work in this space, looking to make a difference, you know, like honestly make a difference? What advice would you give them so that they don't fall into these traps? Absolutely, absolutely. You're, you're very right. I think working in multidisciplinary teams is key. And in these hackathons, I was putting together teams that had a physician, an engineer, a scientist, maybe a lawyer, a business person, a designer. And all these people bring really a lot of different perspectives. So when you're stuck and in love with a certain technology, maybe someone else is not, and they're able to show you a different way of looking at a problem. And in this way, you don't get stuck. So I think that's a tip I would give to, to people um, working out in, uh, in healthcare startups is have uh, a diverse team. I think that's so valuable. So get your diverse team in place, folks. You don't want to have people on your team with blinders or have them be too homogenous because it, it definitely could put your business model at risk. How about the other side of this, Juan? Tell us about one of the proudest medical leadership experiences you've had to date. So I guess following all, all these failures, I started learning and learning more about them and avoiding these in, in future projects. And in 2017, I was a innovation fellow at the European Institute. And I had the chance to travel around Europe and, and talking and interviewing physicians and patients. It was really a great experience that allowed me to learn more about these unmet needs on a hands-on approach, just by going to hospitals and talking to talking and observing physicians. And throughout this process, I was able to work in a team and find a novel solution for a problem, which is uh, colonoscopies. We're really not doing a good job in uh, tracking polyps that can lead to cancer when we do colonoscopies. Mm -hmm. And because of these, we have a very high rate of, of colorectal cancer. And uh, throughout this experience of identifying first a medical need, we're able at the end to come up with a new idea and start working on a prototype, which is a novel modality medical device to address this issue. That's awesome, man. So how long was your fellowship? It was for a full year. It was really a great experience because we, we jumped so from Budapest to Barcelona to Poland to a lot of different places. And getting these inputs from many doctors in many hospitals where culture is different, the way of operating is different, was really key to understanding what will be the most relevant need to solve first. Which is really cool. I mean, I think it's really great that you had this fellowship tour. And in general, it seems to me like you're, you're a pretty jet-setting kind of guy. You're not geographically bound by anything, uh, <laughs> right? That is very right. That is very right, yeah. <laughs> you know, you went from Boston, now you're in uh, Copenhagen, so this worldly perspective really matters. What were some of the common themes that you picked up? You know, you went from all the, to all these countries, different healthcare centers, modes of operation. What were the common themes that you saw? If you could highlight maybe one or two of them. Well, I think first... 
there's a lot of great people everywhere. After being in Boston, which is a center of excellence with excellence with great research, I found that then in Europe we can find the same thing. So we can find really, really good research and, and the quality is at, is at the same level. But then in terms of, of the way we treat patients, mm-hmm. I found really big differences between the US and, and Europe mostly in the way healthcare systems are efficient. So in the U.S., it seems that they're a bit less efficient. They do a lot more exams, which cost a lot more money, whereas in Europe, things work a little bit differently and uh, there's more outcomes-based healthcare systems rather than in the U.S., which is getting to that point. That's a really great, great observation. And and so, folks, from the provider side, I know we're all doing a very, very hard job. We're doing our best. And in this transition to value-based care, I think taking on, on Juan's perspective, you know, he's been around the world. I think we ought to take a look at the folks across the pond in Europe to inform some of our, our decisions, some of our pilots as we're adopting value-based care. We have a lot to learn, and I think our our fellow Europeans could teach us some good things there. Tell us about an exciting project that you're working on today. Yeah, so we're we're right now doing a podcast, and I'm actually also working on on a podcast, which is called The the Future Labs. And the idea behind this was that I really enjoy thinking about what the future might look like in different areas, not just science and technology, but other fields such as educational politics. And I started thinking about it and uh, together with a friend, we decided to start a podcast and started interviewing key opinion leaders about how they think the future might look like. And we're going to include topics as diverse as what's the future of of meat, the future of digital therapeutics, the future of open innovation. So I think people are going to get excited with this, I think. That is awesome, man. Good for you. Now, do you have a name for the podcast and is it out yet? The podcast name is The Future Labs. Is not out yet. Uh, we should be launching towards the end of October. That is amazing, man. That's exciting. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. We'll definitely do our part to share this project with the listeners because the reason why we started this, Jean, as you know, is is we wanted to make a forum where people could share best practices and and connect with the people that are making a difference in healthcare. And so you're doing that. And so when you're done with that, please let me know. We'll do a special episode on the release of your podcast so that we can get the listeners to check it out. Fantastic. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Getting close to the end here, Sean, let's pretend that you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in the business of healthcare. It's the 101 of Jean. And so (laughs) (laughs) we're going to build a syllabus with a four-question lightning round, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Investing in deep science companies through innovation that uh, reaches patients. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Not considering a reimbursement. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Embrace and, and lead change and put yourself out of your comfort zone. Finally, what's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? You were very focused on finding and building extraordinary and transforming life science companies. Outstanding. What book would you recommend to the listeners, Jean? Well, I think I, w- I would recommend maybe two. One that I've read quite some time ago and, and the more recent uh, one. The one I read a long time ago was called Creative Confidence from IDEO founder David Cali. 
And it's basically about design thinking and it really changed the way I was thinking about problems. So very, very highly recommended. Awesome. And the other one slightly different is called Shoe Dog by Nike mm. founder Phil Knight. Love that. It's a book. very intimate story from Nike's early days and all the struggles that it faced. We know Nike right now as the big corporation, but it was not always like this. So it's very, very interesting to understand how was Nike made and all the problems that they had in the beginning. Love that. Great recommendations, uh, Jean. Folks, again, we have uh, Jean Rebus. And so what I want you to do is, is check out these resources that he just checked out. We'll include a link to his podcast when it goes live, but also the books and an entire transcript of our discussion. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash Rebus, as in Jean Rebus. That's R-I-B-A-S. You'll find all that there. This has been a blast, Jean. I love if you could just share a closing thought with the listeners and then uh, best place where they could get in touch with you. Sounds good. Well, maybe I will talk a little bit uh, about um, what we do here at Novo Holdings. We really invest with impact. So we are a very different VC compared to other more traditional VCs. And the money that we make is then donated back to science and humanitarian purposes. So I just want to pass that message that you can make money and at the same time impact society in this way. You guys are doing great things there. So where would the listeners get in touch with you or, or find out more? Sure. You can go to our uh, company website, so www.novoholdings.dk. Or you can also uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at rebus.jc. Outstanding. Jean, this has been a, a blast. Really appreciate the time that you spent with us today and truly excited to hear your new podcast and then also keeping up with the cool things that you have going on at Novo. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.